This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Sharon Palmer, a registered dietitian and nutritionist with more than 18 years of experience in the field of plant-based nutrition and sustainability. She has written over a thousand articles in a variety of publications and authored several books on plant-based diet. We will be talking about how to transition to a sustainable plant-based diet lifestyle. Thank you for joining me today on Spark, Sharon. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. How do you define a healthy plant-based diet? A healthy plant-based diet would be one that is based on minimally processed whole foods, and it would be balanced in a variety of these whole foods. So, you know, what I would like to see is, is a variety of foods like whole grains, things like oats and brown rice and quinoa, and then protein sources like uh, uh, dried peas and beans and lentils and also soy foods are high in protein. Nuts and seeds are also rich in protein. And then a variety of vegetables and fruits and then healthy fats. And then even like healthy beverages and spices and herbs. So that's really the picture of a beautiful, healthy, balanced plant-based diet. And when you say healthy fats, what do you mean by healthy fats? So, you know, what we're looking at is plant fats, things uh, like avocados, nuts, olives, um, but also trying to limit some of the tropical fats like palm and coconut, which raise blood cholesterol levels. So, you know, moderate amounts of these more healthy fats that come from nuts and seeds and avocados and uh, olives are the ones that we're looking for for health. And what about beverages? Because my understanding is that most juices aren't really healthy. Yeah, you know, of course, the number one beverage should be water. You know, that's what we should be drinking mostly. Also, other plant-based beverages like coffee and tea are actually good for us. You know, coffee now has a lot of research supporting health benefits, you know, moderate consumption and then tea as well. But we want to limit, of course, the uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. And even fruit juice is very concentrated. So just a serving a day uh, would be your limit if you are including uh, fruit juices, but it, it's better to even just have the whole fruit, you know, rather than just the juice. And we can include chocolate, right, in this diet? Yes, dark chocolate especially, you know, moderate amounts, you know, and looking for uh, high percentages of cocoa in the dark chocolate. I definitely am, am encouraging that. Okay, I'm very happy to hear. Why is it important to have a healthy plant-based diet on a personal health level? Well, we know that um, what eating pattern you're you're following, um, it's beneficial to eat more whole plant foods. We know that based on hundreds of studies. So even, you know, when you look at the Mediterranean diet, it's mostly plant-based. So eating a more plant-based diet is a good uh, thing for all of us to do. And then we have different types of plant-based diets, such as vegetarian or vegan diets or pescatarian diets. But those are all healthful forms of plant-based diets. So you could do a plant-based diet, but with some added fish, is what you're saying? Like, that's just yeah. as healthy? 
Well, you know, there's different definitions of plant-based. The original definition of plant-based was a diet that promotes mostly plants. But now the, the definition is kind of morphed, and some people are using the definition plant-based to mean 100% plant-based. So the, the, you know, the term is a little confusing, but when we just look at diets that are primarily plant-based, such as the Mediterranean diet, we see health benefits. But we also see health benefits for vegetarian and vegan diets and pescatarian diets with a small amount of fish, which, which you were just mentioning. You know, there are benefits with all of these diet patterns. And, um, you know, people can make their choice of what diet pattern they're interested in following. Well, this is really good to hear. What you're saying that you don't have to be 100% plant-based, but mostly plant-based and if you want to get your source of protein from fish or dairy, you can give yourself that option without feeling like you're compromising too much. Yeah, my opinion is it's a personal choice what what your diet plan is going to be. And of course, there's I see it as kind of a spectrum, especially if you're going from the typical American diet that's very heavy in animal foods. If you you know, for some people they like to make gradual changes, and it's in my opinion, it's fine for you to make that choice of what diet pattern works for you as long as we get on this spectrum of eating more plant-based. You know, research does show that you, you can have more benefits as you become more plant-based, but there are definitely benefits for, for the Mediterranean diet pattern, too, which has small amounts of fish, you know. I think getting on that bandwagon is an important journey and then deciding where you want to be along that spectrum Oh, it's good that there's a spectrum for people to work with and build up over time. Why is it important on an environmental level to be more plant-based in our diet? So much research that shows that eating a plant-based diet has a much lower environmental footprint. And this is very consistent. And it's because animal foods, in particular red meat, has a very high environmental footprint produces a lot of uh, greenhouse gas emissions. It uses a lot of land, water. So when you see all these studies that show, like, the impact of something like a burger, um, this has, you know, been documented in science. So naturally, if someone eats a more plant-based diet, you're going to see a much lower environmental footprint. And studies show that, for example, 100% plant-based diets have much lower uh, footprints. And one study found that it was, like, 75% lower than a meat-rich diet. This is one thing that's very, you know, that's interesting a lot of people to follow a more plant-based diet. So, you know, the more plant-based, you're going to get more benefits that way. Is it just beef or is it pork as well and all other So when we, yeah, that's a good question. When, When we look at animal foods, all animal foods are generally have a higher environmental footprint than plant foods just significantly lower for plant foods. When we look at land use, water use, um, carbon emissions, all those things. But the worst one is is beef because of ruminant animals produce a lot of methane. So that would be cows and sheep. We don't have that much sheep in America. We eat mostly beef. But pork has a much lower environmental footprint, but still a higher one than something like tofu or beans for sure. Same thing with poultry. It has a much lower footprint, but still higher than something like beans or vegetables or whole grains, which have a a really low footprint when you look at the comparison of foods. 
for people who feel that they need protein from chicken, fish, milk, let's say athletes, how can they effectively substitute for the protein? It's completely possible to get enough protein on a plant-based diet. And that's a great question because people are always concerned about that. How am I going to get my protein? But research shows that um, even 100% plant-based eaters have, on average, are doing fine with protein because a lot of us overestimate how much protein we need. We, we think we need so much more than our bodies really need. When we look at a lot of the plant foods that are rich in protein, things like tofu and beans and lentils, they can replace an animal protein on the plate. And then when we eat a really healthy diet filled with whole foods, like, for example, whole grains have protein, vegetables have protein, they just keep adding more protein to the diet. It's completely possible to get enough protein. And if you have higher needs, like athletes do have higher protein needs, then they would just need to be uh, a little bit more... um, vigilant about making sure they're getting protein sources, like maybe having a smoothie in the afternoon that has a good source of protein, you know, making sure that they're focusing on that protein, but it's completely possible. We see many examples of athletes that are eating vegan diets and doing really well. The other concerns tied to a plant-based diet is iron deficiency. Would you just eat more Mm -hmm. spinach or iron-rich veggies? Yeah, you know, Again, iron deficiency is another concern, but it's not that prominent. People kind of overestimate they're going to have a hard time with that, but it's completely possible, again, to meet your iron needs on a plant-based diet. If you're eating a healthy, balanced diet, because things like beans um, and and lentils, all those pulses have uh, iron, tofu has iron, nuts and seeds, green vegetables, dried fruit, whole grains, these are all good sources of iron. So if you're eating that healthy diet filled with these foods, you shouldn't have a problem. So you're saying the key to these areas of deficiencies, whether it's lower protein or iron deficiency, or sometimes they say it's B12 or lower essential fatty acid, you just have to make sure that the foods that you're eating have those, and then you should be fine in terms of covering what you need. For the most part, All of these nutrients that we're concerned about can be found in all these healthy foods. But there are a few few nutrients that are special, like B12. You're not going to get – it's the one nutrient that you need to supplement because it's not – there are no reliable sources of it in in plant foods. You have to take a supplement of B12. It's really important. And I also like to recommend that if you're new to a plant-based diet, that you sit down with an expert like a registered dietitian who's familiar with plant-based diets and just make sure you have a good understanding of what a healthy diet will be so you can plan it from well from the beginning and meet all those nutrient needs. That's a really good point because I think there are people who have posted that they felt like they weren't eating enough or they didn't have enough energy. If you could cover all your needs through a plant-based diet, you have to know the range of what you need to have, right, in order to cover all your nutrients. What about calcium and vitamin D? That came up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cal- all- calcium you can get through uh, plant forms as well. Um, what I like to recommend is, is for the plant milk that you're, you know, a lot of people are switching from dairy milk to plant milk, such as soy milk or almond milk or whatever. So I like to recommend that that 
plant milk have calcium in it. You can look for those that are fortified with calcium. So automatically you're getting calcium there. And then you can get calcium from tofu, from oranges, from broccoli and almonds. So again, you can get it in your diet that way too. But it's important to get calcium. You can't just ignore that. I always like to make sure I'm getting a good calcium source in my diet, uh, one or two of those sources every day. So that, again, this is really good when you're just sitting down and kind of at the beginning, making sure you have a well-planned diet, not to make it overcomplicated, but just to make sure you're meeting your nutrient needs. There are people who think, well, maybe the new plant-based meats or burgers could be good substitutes since they taste similar, but they aren't necessarily healthy for you, right? Because they're highly processed and they're full of sodium. Yeah, this is a really popular topic right now because these plant-based meat alternatives are very popular. And I think it's great that they've shown a lot of attention to plant-based eating and it's been kind of a gateway for people, which I love. But when we look at them, technically, they're not the healthiest choices because they're really designed to be similar to meat in a lot of ways. They have similar fat profiles. Um, They do have sodium, but by the time you season a beef patty, it's not going to be that different. But uh, they do have fiber that that, uh, beef patties didn't have. Um, And they don't have red meat, which we know is linked with some health conditions. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention is those those, uh, alternative meat uh, uh, products that are so popular now do have a significantly lower environmental footprint, huge differences in terms of environmental footprint. Even though they're not the healthiest, I would rather see you eat, you know, lentils and chickpeas, a big, beautiful salad, you know, but I do think they have a place because they can help people kind of get familiar with a plant-based diet. They can be occasional things that you can have as, as kind of a more indulgent, but, and they can be convenient foods for those nights when you're really, really busy or you want to have a grill day. And so they, I think they have a place, but it shouldn't be your everyday meal. Yes. And I have seen soybeans made to look like and taste like chicken with the same elements of it being highly mm-hmm. processed and full of sodium. So what you're saying is it's okay to eat these unless you're eating them every day, then maybe it's not so healthy. But once in a while, if you want to treat yourself to the feeling of having a burger or chicken, it is okay to have these plant-based substitutes. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, not to beat yourself up. And I don't recommend that diets have to be pure and perfect. You know, we have to have a little bit of room to change what we're eating every day. But, the you know, the mainstay of the diet should be based on these whole healthy foods that we know are, are really behind the benefits of a plant-based diet. So if we make the commitment to take better care of ourselves by moving to a more plant-based diet and also for our planet, what should that transition look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I like what you said that some of your followers are talking about they may not be getting the energy they need or they're not planning well. And I think it's really important to be prepared if you are going to transition to a plant-based diet or you want to do a challenge, which is a great way to try a plant-based diet. Just give it like a two-week challenge to see how you like it. Um, And then if you, you know, you really like it, then you can go from there. But I think it's important to be prepared um, to perhaps read a really well-written book or to talk, sit down with a registered dietitian who knows plant-based diets and create a plan and get prepared, you know, do your shopping, make sure you have 
an idea of what you're going to be eating that first week or two. And then follow that balanced diet because I hear as well from many people that, that they gave up because they didn't feel well. They felt hungry or low energy. And that's because they weren't eating a balanced diet. If you're not getting enough protein or calories or, or even fat in your diet, you're not going to feel as energetic as you might feel if your diet were balanced in those areas. And I would imagine that your body would be craving for what you're used to eating out of habit as well. Energy swings could be tied to the fact that your diet has completely changed. Yeah, I think that that could possibly happen because of that. You know, we're so used to certain eating styles. But, you know, a lot of people tell me, um, and I know for myself, when I first started eating a plant-based diet, there are a lot of positives that you feel. You feel very light, have this other kind of energy. Also, when you're not doing it well, when you're not getting enough protein in your diet or even in enough calories, you know, people forget that a plant-based diet can be a lot lower in calories and you still need enough calories for energy. You know, if you go too low, then, you know, that can affect your energy levels too. There are a lot of things that's important to get enough of in, in your diet and, and as you're adjusting to this new way of, of eating and living, it's important to be prepared for that. What are your top three plant-based diets and why? As far as 100% plant-based diet, I think that's a great diet. That's the diet that I eat. So that would be like a vegan diet because I feel like it has the greatest impact. So when I look at, at the way I eat, I feel like I have no impact on animals at all based on my diet. I'm not causing any animal suffering. I have the lowest environmental footprint. And I also have health benefits. I mean, some research has shown that when you compare other diet patterns together, the more the plant-based the diet, the better the benefit. So I can feel really good about that, but that is my personal choice. But I also think that a vegetarian diet, which is excludes flesh, things like meat and chicken and fish, but it allows for dairy and eggs. That is also a very popular form of plant-based diet, and there's benefits with that. It's much lower carbon footprint. It's not linked with as much animal suffering as standard diets. So that's another great uh, diet pattern. And then pescatarian, I think, is great because it's kind of like the Mediterranean diet. You're avoiding all animal flesh except for fish. A lot of people confuse a pescatarian diet. They think you eat fish twice a day, but it should be modest amounts of fish, but mostly a vegetarian diet. So just a little bit of fish, but mostly vegetarian and that diet is also linked with health benefits and lower carbon footprint, um, lower animal suffering, all of those things. Those would be my top three. I imagine that it's important how your ingredients are sourced, right? You should be local and organic, not from a can. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts about that? That's a great point because there's more than just, you know, whether you're a vegan or a vegetarian or pescatarian, it's about about your ingredients, too. If you care about the environment, you know, you can look beyond just your diet pattern and, uh, for example, try to use more local food, you know, shop at your farmer's market, grow some of your own food. That's a huge impact on the planet. If you reduce your food miles, reduce all that packaging because you're growing it yourself or shopping for it locally, that can be additional benefit for the environment and for your own health. And then also, you know, organic is a form of agriculture that uses, you know, synthetic pesticides and fertilizers. It's better for the soil. It's better for the the ecosystem. So that's another way you could eat 
a more sustainable diet. Thinking beyond your diet pattern, even like trying to, you know, reduce bottled water, for example, that's another way you can even further benefit the environment with your diet. That's a really good point. If you don't feel full and you want to snack on sweets or carbs because you feel like you're hitting a low, is there a better solution? Yeah, especially at the beginning, if eating a more plant-based diet, if you allow for snacks until you really, you know, snacks can be really helpful for some people. Some people don't benefit from them. But if you're really experiencing that drop in energy, actually planning for a healthy snack, whether it's whole grain flatbread with some nut butter or some apple slices and tahini, just a little bit of protein and carbohydrate in the same snack is a great combination. It doesn't have to be a lot, but just that little combination of of uh, protein with a little bit of carbs help you get over that. And it, and then that way you're not making a poor choice because you're starving to death. If it's a planned snack, you're more likely to eat something healthy. And you're more likely to stay with the diet if you feel good about it. Exactly. Well, I appreciate all your great advice. Thank you for joining me on Spark today. Thank you for having me. It's great.